Hello and welcome to Peer to Peer, a segment from our newsletter In the Balance, looking at news through a gender lens. In Peer to Peer, we discuss each month journalism and gender and how to make the news more inclusive and more representative of the world we live in. For this new episode, we sat down with Zahra Nadir. She is the editor-in-chief of Zan Times, an Afghan women-led media outlet launched in August 2022 and reporting in Dori Persian and in English. Zahra is now based in Toronto, but she started her career as a journalist back in Kabul in 2011. Her first interest in reporting came from a passion for always learning more, reading and writing, all stemming from the fact that she was denied an education as a child refugee in Iran, fleeing the Taliban during the 1990s. The first stories she has written were civic pieces criticizing the Afghan government, and then she naturally found herself pointing out in her reporting details that shocked her as a woman, but that her male colleagues tended to to gloss over and not see as important enough to report on. In this conversation, Zahra Nadir tells us about how Zan Times was created and how it operates despite the Taliban further tightening their grip on Afghan women and the media. She also explains what keeps her motivated and hopeful about the future. So Zahra, you're the editor-in-chief of Zan Times, an Afghan news outlet that focuses on women, the LGBTQ community, and environmental issues. How did this project come to be? First, I want to say that Zan Times is a collective effort of mostly Afghan women journalists. So I was fortunate enough to be someone who is have more role, but uh, definitely it was a collective effort. And this idea of creating Zan Times as a platform for us as Afghan women to be able to tell our own stories and inform and shape uh, public discourses is coming out of our own experience, the experience that we lived in Afghanistan as women journalists. So we were in the newsroom, we were working in the newsroom in Afghanistan, but however, we didn't have the power to shape our own narrative. So Zantan is born out of that experience of us as women trying to take charge and trying to be able to let a newsroom and really define what we feel is important as women and that couldn't be all the time about war or about what's happening on the political aspect of life who is meeting who is going and talking you know here and there in the more political platform but rather what is happening in the house like how do women are living their lives what affect their lives how they are living in a situation where they don't have any power to shape they don't have any control on their bodies they don't have any control on how they want to live and it's always other people and particularly men who have the right to make the decision about our lives so zan times zan means woman it's our way of speaking back through to power to saying that we are here, even though the Taliban take over our country and they're systematically erasing women from social and political life in Afghanistan. But we are here and this is our way of resisting. This is our way of fighting back and, and responding to the worst women's rights crisis of our time. So we are uh, working with mostly women journalists. We do have men journalists in our team, which are supportive of the goal and we are very determined to make sure that we we are doing whatever we can to support women journalists in Afghanistan because that's what needed at this time. 
You mentioned working in newsrooms in Afghanistan. Was this exclusion already happening before the Taliban took over? The problem was there. But the problem of us as women journalists not having the power to shape our own narratives the way we wanted to work was already there because Afghanistan was very, very conservative society even in the past 20 years. Even though we had the right to education, we some of us who were privileged, they could go and work outside the home. Um, and we have an official legal gender equality, supposedly based on constitution, but that never translated into action. That never really happened, and I never experienced. So when I was working in an Afghan newsroom in Afghanistan, when I, whenever I was going, they would look at me, first of all, as a woman. They would just see a woman, and that would discredit whatever I, I, I was about to tell or whatever I wanted to act as a, as a journalist. So it was my gender as a woman that was speaking for me, and then maybe a journalist. And there was one point that my experience, we are my colleague, was of course uh, leading a newsroom. He told me that uh, a woman can never be a good journalist in Afghanistan. And I asked why? And he bluntly told me three reasons why I can't be a good journalist. First was that you can never stay late in the office and then you cannot travel and then you cannot cover attack. And it was very, very interesting that up to that point in my career, I was never asked to stay late. I was never asked to travel and I was never asked to cover an attack. So what was the reason? It was my gender that they were making decision based on my gender. So they didn't give me a choice. They didn't give me the opportunity to be able to express myself. So we are hoping at Zan times we be able to give that opportunity to more women journalists to determine who they are and what they can do, especially at this time, that there is systematic attack with uh, de facto authorities that are going full force um, against women that are targeting and they are trying to exclude women in all aspects of social life and they do actively and effectively imprisoning women in their houses. It's a mission for us to support women journalists at the same time transforming a culture of media in Afghanistan that overlooked us because we are women. With all that is happening, I can only imagine that it must be very difficult to even discuss equality. Of course, that is hard. And that's why we are here. That's why we are pushing back. And we are trying to be as critical as we can. And also we want to speak our truth, the way that we think um, things should be and the way we experience them. And that's as when we are talking about equality for all, we include gender equality, we include, you know, in terms of ethnicity, we have different, um, you know, um, lens that we can look into it. But particularly, you know, the reason that we are talking that Zan Times is covering human rights violation in Afghanistan with a particular focus on women, the LGBT community and environment. This, why do we have a specific focus in these three areas? because those are very underrepresented in our society. Nobody really talks about it. And we are here to change that culture that first of all, we ask for equality and equality for everybody. Everybody should be able to claim who they are and live the, the way they, they want to live and have a peaceful society, a peaceful life. Um, their, their human rights is respected. That is the hope that we are hoping to be able to promote. 
And what about the team at Sun Times? How did it come together? Because I saw that you have reporters in Afghanistan, but then there are also journalists like yourself who are outside of the country. So most of them are my former colleagues. So when I was working in Afghanistan in Afghan newsrooms, so we became friends. And of course, we talk and we learn from each other, like the work that we are doing. So you know, like who has the quality that can really shape and inform this mission and help it make it grow uh, so i just right away i went to them and i say hey this is like the plan are you interested to take part and of course i fully tell them that there is no money here because we don't have any name and we are not you know like an organization because money comes when you have an organization when people know you when sort of the things that we didn't have you know when you start as women journalists that nobody knows you it's very hard to to be able to support us. So I told them there's nothing, but this is our responsibility. This is what our society needs us to do. The woman in Afghanistan needs us now. And if we don't, if we are not there for them, I think we won't be able to forgive ourselves because we, at least those of her outside Afghanistan, we are not directly under threat, so we can work and we should be doing this. And so we started from the group outside Afghanistan. It started with that. We just say, hey, this is it. And then for the group inside, um, for some of them, I came interestingly to be uh, connected with them. For example, uh, for one of them, at the time that I was working for an international news outlet, I was reporting on what women are fearing about um when the Taliban takeover is gonna happen. So I talked to a woman in Northern Afghanistan and like she was brilliant, you know, the way she talks, like what she had done was so inspiring to me. And the fact that she told me that she wanted to become a journalist, but there was no journalism school for her and there was no way for her to become a journalist. And it just really much touched my heart and say like, oh my God, you know, like you really deserve to be a journalist. And it's the talent, you know, the, the passionate voice that I was hearing really get me. And I say, like, what can I do for you? Like, like let, let's let's do something. If you like to be a journalist, I'm going to help you and let's do something. So from there, we started and um, I became her mentor. And then now she's a journalist for Zan Times and working with us. And I'm so happy to have her, you know, in our team. We did also an ad and we said we are going to hire. And of course, we are going to prioritize women journalists and we received more than 530 applications from men and women um, and then we give most of the opportunity to women because we know they are more at risk and we also want to tell the story of women in Afghanistan and I cannot imagine like my right now my colleagues like it is them and their carriage that keeps me going and my concern is most of the time for their security like oh my god if something happens to them like how should we really manage the situation and sometimes i tell them like like what do you think so what should we be doing because you're on the ground and you know things better than i do i'm just very far and whatever i say it might not be so much informed from the situation on the ground so i want you to make the decision if it's something that would put you at, certainly at risk so we should be, we shouldn't be doing that because no story worth putting you at risk and then they get back to me you know with responses that really inspires me you know they say hey you know the risk is there so but I want to leave you know this is a hope for me that even though I'm in prison inside my house there is a way for me 
to contribute to the society. There's a way for me to share the story of women who are suffering in Afghanistan who have no one else to to look up to and to to find a way to raise their voice. If I'm able to do that, that is a hope. That's the purpose that every day I wake up and I have something to to work for, to to look forward to. And that's why I am here. And that's why I'm working regardless of the risk that I'm taking by being a journalist. And I think those, as long as they are on the ground, as long as they are willing to do this work, um, we are committed to support them in any ways we can. And about the situation for journalists working right now in Afghanistan, aside from the security risks, of course, I read that women journalists are currently working for no pay. Yes. Just like you said, for that need to work and contribute to the cause. How do you feel about that? To be honest, when I started about the Afghan media, that we were excluded in terms of we weren't making the decision, I really see that as a, as a, fun, as a fundamentally problem with Afghan media that disregard women, but because you're a woman, you're not good, you're not qualified. And if you want to work, work for free, even though they are paying the male journalists, it's because there's a de facto government that systematically deny women and some of this media is taking advantage of that because they know that this woman, they want to be working. They want to be a journalist. They want to continue their craft. But of course, with the Taliban in power, the media themselves is also, you know, being threatened to not really hire women journalists. And if they hire, they have the Taliban in their back. But of course, and then there's media who are able to afford to exploit women journalists. I see that as exploitation and very much, um, you know, I'm so much enraged when I see things like that. Um, and um, we are working with a small group of journalists in Afghanistan. We receive many requests from women journalists inside the country that wants to work with us. But we are not able to offer them a job. And I would not never ask them to work for us for free. So what you're saying is that women journalists, even before the Taliban took over, weren't getting paid? Not equally, not equally, you know, like the things that even exist here in these countries. Uh, it's just, you know, the pay gap. But in Afghanistan, it's much more in terms of like, uh, so if you're a woman journalist, you have to compromise. You have to, you know, say it's okay, you know, for me to be able to take this job, to be here, I have to accept whatever the boss is saying. And of course, the boss is most of the time, there are men in Afghanistan and they have the mentality that, that, that that's normal. Even yesterday, we were talking, there was a conference uh, in Brussels for journalists in exile, but we were not invited. And some of the women, prominent women journalists that I know are in exile, they weren't invited. So we just reach out to them, it's like, why were invited? Aren't we journalists? Or because we are women, we shouldn't be included in that conferences. And of course, the response was that, um, oh, you know, like um, this was an event and we did blah, 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 but not a very critical reason. So I think, let's work together. Let's not critique each other because, you know, like we are facing the Taliban. Now we have to only fight against the Taliban. I said, no, no. Taliban is, of course, a big part of the question, a big part of the problem right now, but it doesn't start from the Taliban. We had this problem even before the Taliban. And it just became intensified now because we have a de facto authority who just, you know, literally just say women are not allowed to work. So for that reason, you can see how that earlier problem is intensified in another form. There is a circle of like men ruling the media. So they have their own circle of friendship. 
and they know who they can invite and they don't want to include the critical voices because they don't want to be criticized. And if we don't have critiques, then how can we change this culture? How can we move forward toward a media culture where our voice is being heard? So it's heard a lot for us that we have to fight back in so many fronts. I wish things were good, at least within our own community, that we would say, hey, at least here we are included. At least people listen to, to us, you know, like uh, we are able to speak our mind. But unfortunately, I think we, we have a long way ahead of us to be able to, to change that culture. In some situations, like it is the case right now in Afghanistan, even just doing your job as a journalist can be a stance in a way, a political stance. So the lines between journalism and activism can get blurry. What has been your experience with that? I think that you touched in a very, you know, like a spot that is really much happening. So we are not propagandists, even though, you know, I have written reports where other media claim that the Taliban killed a volleyball player like early on when the Taliban take over. Many media reported that a young woman who was a volleyball player, she was beheaded by the Taliban. And of course, I went out and I investigated and I find out that the Taliban didn't kill her. So, you know, we are committed to real journalism, to uphold the standard form of journalism that we are telling the truth. And that truth should be verifiable, should, should we should be able to go and find it. That is hard now in Afghanistan, because when it just so much shifted the situation for journalists and how we report, usually before there was officials giving us, you know, verified information saying like, oh, this has happened. And then we go talk to the people on who were affected, the places, the people. So it was easier for us to get information out. Now we know that we can count on the Taliban because, of course, we see them as our oppressors. So we don't propagate their views. We don't go to their conferences. We don't really accept the points that we really need. You know, our journalism really wouldn't be complete without having their points in, in one or two reports. But our approach is that we are reporting on the voices of the marginalized who are affected by these violations, not the people who are the perpetrator of these violations. So that's how we look on the news. And I'm, I'm aware that is like the line now is very blurred for many, many journalists in Afghanistan, but we don't want to be part of that. And as a, as a contributing to being able to uphold a standard journalism in Afghanistan, we are hoping to work toward establishing a newsletter where we do fact-checking and monitoring of information. Sometimes, you know, the need that you want to show the Taliban bad makes some journalists, you know, forget, you know, the, the ethics that they should be bound to for us, regardless of like what's happening, for us, it's important to bring up the truth. You chose to, you know, focus on women's voices and stories and like you said, marginalized people. But some critics might say, oh, that's activism. How do you feel about that? So I feel that, you know, the there is there should be a line. Um, I know it's professional journalists, we shouldn't have any view, you shouldn't be saying anything. But what's happening in Afghanistan is the Taliban is systematically full force. They have a full force campaign of military, cultural, economic, social, political, all of it. They are removing women journalists. Women journalists, just one aspect, but then women in general. 
then how do you be, you know, neutral to that? Because, you know, they have all the power, they have all the means to suppress this other group. And I think that's the point that we we defer. And we would say we would rather remain with the uh, marginalized people who are suffering from that violation. And we are here to tell their truth because we have different truth. And the Taliban is, of course, they do have the power and they make their own truth. They make propaganda. They have so many means to do so. But I think this group of people, they have nothing. If they speak their truth, they would be under attack. They would be killed. They would be targeted. So it's very difficult for them. And we want to be the media that focus on their voice because that's what matters to us. Moving on to international news coverage of what's been happening in Afghanistan. How do you feel about that, about how the media have been speaking about it all? Pakistan uh, journalists have much more power than Afghan journalists. Uh, and for most part, until very recently, they were respected by the Taliban and they even protected by Taliban when they were going. Taliban saying like, oh, we're going to accompany you to make sure nothing is happening to you. But that privilege, of course, we know when, women journal- when journalists in Afghanistan generally do cover protests, they're being tortured, they're being arrested, they're being kidnapped, beaten. And like, uh, so we know that there is a level of a high level of privilege. And some of the time I, when I read some of the reports, I really feel that this journalist is not particularly informed by that privilege. Um, They tend to, you know, like equate the view of the Taliban and the good treatment that they received to, you know, like to somehow reflect that. And I think that's an injustice being done to the people of Afghanistan, because of course you are coming from a position of power, from a position of privilege, but that's not the reality for the for the people of Afghanistan, for the people who are suffering. But now I know their access to Afghanistan is also very, so much cut because most of those journalists are no longer allowed to, to go to Afghanistan and report um, on the people. And this also shows the intensification, also the how much the Taliban is moving. Oh, they started slowly in their first conference. They were like, "Oh, we accept women's rights. We, you know, we respect media freedom. Blah blah." And then, just you know, like one week later, they said, "Like women should stay at home." And then one month later, they said, well, "Girls should should not go to school." You know, the slow process of turning things to the way the Taliban aimed it to be at the very, very first stage. And then this narrative, there's a narrative about the Taliban that I think Western media has a lot to do with it. This narrative of Taliban 02. Oh, there's a, there is no, there is a good Taliban and there's a bad Taliban. Hey guys, the Taliban is the Taliban. They have an ideology. They have a, you know, a vision of society that they are building on. And that's a gender apartheid in Afghanistan. And what do you hope to see more of in international news about Afghanistan for it to be more representative of what's really happening? I think first of thing um, I really hope to see is the acknowledgement that they start with this point that what I see, how I'm being treated is not all of all Afghan is being treated like that because I come with a level of privilege that people in Afghanistan don't have that. And then when they're talking to the people, they shouldn't be taken, no, because Taliban have so many lies to tell. And most of the time, there are things that the, you know, Western journalists like to hear. So listen them, but do not bring that narrative, that conversation, just that conversation that they told you. See their action. 
And also, please make sure that your story is informed by the diverse voice that we have in Afghanistan. We don't have one monolithic Afghan woman that is victim, that is oppressed, that is under burqa. Women in Afghanistan are very diverse. They come from different culture. They come from different ethnicity. They come from different geography. And that, of course, shape their view, who they are and how they interpret the world. So as if you can be representative, make sure that you listen to different voices in Afghanistan and don't take one voice as the voice of everybody else and the voice of all Afghan women. And also have to be respectful of the history. And because most of the time I really feel that Afghans are being blamed for all that's happening in Afghanistan, regardless of the uh, history. And that history is very important because it will tell you how did we get here? And if you don't know that, I think it's very hard to judge things based on exactly what's happening now. And I think when your story is informed by all these categories that I mentioned, I think that would be a better story to tell. And how do you see the future in Afghanistan for journalism, for women? I think what we need to do is to take charge of our own country, to be able to inform the country we want to build. And we should not be fearful of putting our thought out. You know, sometimes... People say to me, like, it's dangerous, you know, like, you talk, you're very critical, you ask for more, you do this. And I think that is the way to go, because for how long we can play conservative, for how long we cannot talk our mind. So far, what I see the fault is that other countries, the decision, the interest of other countries is the one that shaped the future of my country, shaped until this point, shaped the future of my country, the, the fate and the situation of people in Afghanistan. What's the way out is for us as Afghan people have the right to make decisions about the future of our country. And that starts with us talking with each other. Until a certain point in history, we were doing good. Like what really happened that we shifted to a path that you know, how much we get further, the rights for women is being sliced and they stripped up more rights and more rights. Where did we went wrong? I think from if we start from history and understanding about history, we will find a way to fix the problem, to really try new things that we didn't do. So to make sure that we break the circle of reputation of history in, in our country. But I think that starts with us speaking and with us taking charge of our country and really claiming that that country is ours and we should be the one making decision about it. Thank you, Zahra, for taking the time to share all of that with us. Of course. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to be able to share. Thank you for listening to Peer to Peer and thanks again to Zahra Nadir for her time, for ideas, tools and resources to help you in your lifelong quest for interesting angles and important stories. Make sure to subscribe to our newsletter and visit our website towards-equality.com.